0: hey i'm tommy Chong. welcome to high on homegrown yes yes everybody and welcome to high on homegrown the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. in this week's interview we speak to a legend from the cannabis community this is dr elaine ingham Dr. Ingham has been on the show a couple of times before. She spoke about the soil food web in one of the episodes, and we also did a QA with her as well. But this was a while ago, so I thought it would be a good idea to get her back on the show and just have a chat and catch up and see how she is, see what she's been up to and see what else we can learn from her. And it was an awesome conversation, part way through the internet cut out. So I had to restart the interview with her. So yeah, you can hear that little bit during the interview as well. I've made it clear, you'll know where it is, trust me. But anyway, it was a real good interview and I enjoyed getting her back on for a conversation and we plan to do it again soon. So roll a few fat ones, get super high and enjoy this interview with Dr. Elaine Ingham. And I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. Hello. 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 How are you doing, Dr. Ingham?
1: Okay. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm all, I'm all good. All, all good. I, just, I can't hear you very well. Is that my headphones or is it your microphone, maybe? Have a I... of my, there oh. we go. No, it's, it's mine. It's mine. It's Apologies. yours. Okay. Yeah. Because
1: I am not into computers and
0: how to fix them. <laughs> <laughs> they just make you stressed and panicky. Like, oh, no, I don't know what to <laughs> fix. Yeah. And I
1: realized that my uh, computer specialist... I uh, walked out the door about 10 minutes ago. And <laughs> so I. So you stranded. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm sure he's driving someplace or another. And I'm just, just berating myself with, why did you let him go? 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes if there's any <laughs> trouble. And Murphy will, of course, cause trouble.
0: <laughs> uh, it, it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Do you not do this often then? I would have assumed that you oh, get called onto often. a lot of podcasts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah it, I just, I just, uh, i'm not that comfortable with fixing them so they're Mm -hmm. all supposed to work and they're all supposed to be set up to work so all i have to do is click on you know the the um connection the link Mm -hmm. and everything's fine
0: that's right that's the easiest way Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and thank you very much for coming here to join us today you've been on the show a couple of times before but it was a while ago it was definitely over a year ago now so just in case you don't remember us, which you probably don't, uh, we are, uh, I, well, I say we, but it's just me today. I am Mackie. I'm from the UK and yeah, the host of High and Homegrown, the show that you're on right now.
1: Ah, oh, all right.
0: <laughs> that's very, <for> really. <laughs> that, that's my intro. Not, not much to it, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: really? See? you. It's not much to you, but for me, I'd be going like, yeah. what next could go wrong? Should I push this button? No, no, no. How about that button? No, (laughs) do you know? And it's sort of you do it to yourself sometimes, Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. you just are so something's gonna go wrong. So I just have to learn to calm down and um,
0: especially here uh, on our podcast, we're very relaxed here. It's a very relaxed format. You know, no difficult questions, just like having a conversation. So you know, do do feel relaxed? To get coffee if you need to, or anything you know, you want a cup of tea, whatever. Sweet. There we go. Did you want to put your camera on? I'm not sure whether you did.
1: Yeah, where is my camera? There, you don't have to, I just, video. There we are. Yeah,
0: there we go. I just didn't know if you wanted to or not. And if you knew, if you didn't know how to, I could explain you. Well, it's
1: it. less boring to have me up there than it is to have a black background and mm-hmm. white letters. That's like, oh, okay. I close my eyes and just listen. <laughs> 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 so this way they'll did- get to see me laugh. <laughs>
0: oh yes and they just get to look at my uh avatar which is a nice avatar but it's still not as good as video one day you, we can dream
1: yeah one day you'll you can turn it into a cartoon or something you can be wandering around the your um apartment or whatever
0: and <laughs> <Yeah>. be... <laughs> well, maybe that is me maybe it is <laughs> in plain sight yeah
1: that's right yeah yeah you're in there sitting in the uh, inner tube <laughs> and directing <laughs> oh yeah that's a good
0: idea yeah an inner <laughs> tube would actually work i didn't even think of that i've been trying to think of a way to make one of those hats and i made one of uh, out of papier-mâché you know you get the newspaper with the paste and stick it all together and it worked but it was just really heavy and wasn't comfortable so yeah and well what you
1: what you find out is during the rainy season, it kind oh. of
0: falls apart. <laughs> yeah, indeed, <laughs> indeed. But look, it's already going on tangents here. So we should introduce you so everybody knows who you are. And you are Dr. Elaine Ingham. You are a legend in the soil community. And, you know, do you want to introduce yourself? I'm sure you can do a far better job of it than I can.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not good at it, but um, yeah, I probably know more details than you do.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um I'm Dr. Elaine Ingham, I, you know, you can see the academic background, uh, just go to our website um, and uh, SoilFoodWeb.com is the website as well as, you know, everybody's um, uh, email back and forth is just their name at SoilFoodWeb.com. I'm the only one who's different because if, if I let the the world know, uh, I was reachable easily mm-hmm. just by, you know, getting that, um, going, getting the computer going and grabbing me because I'm, I'm really <laughs> terrible about, no, we, I don't have time. Oh yeah. We, we mm-hmm. we'll just get, you know, five minutes, no more. You'll get it done. Right. And, and three hours later, you know, <laughs> oops. <laughs> mm, so, uh, please visit us at we I have another, um, business which is to do the research um where we go out and work with the growers and they pay us and things like that so
0: um you call like consultation
1: yeah consultation whereas the first one is um pointed more at the schooling so it's Mm -hmm. a food web school where they are what the curriculum is to be learning how all of the different um, forces in, in the soil um, are giving us the results that we have. How do you fix it? How do you put the biology back in without you know um, too much cost, um, very much less costly um, when you're doing the uh, work yourself inter, you know talking to the animals as you're, or the animals or the uh, plants, uh, the microorganisms in the soil it's a lot less expensive. You yeah. you have to give yourself the first year to do the transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be a little bit spendy because you're not used to looking at 10 um, soil samples for the microbiology that's present in them. And it takes you longer if you're a little unfamiliar where you sit there looking at something in the in the soil at 400x total magnification, and you're trying to decide whether that's a ciliate or is that an amoeba mm. or is that a fungal, you know, pack happen in there, they're about to sporulate. Um, and we go through and we teach people what all those things mean. And, um, you know, that usually results in them not having to use inorganic fertilizers at all, period, full mm-hmm. stop. Nice. You don't need to be, yeah. You're you're not just destroying the world for your children.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
1: think that's kind of important. Oh um, yeah, and, and so and you
0: you essentially saved the world at one point. That's that's how I like to look at it, anyway. And because there was some bacteria that was being released in the soil, and you prevented it from getting released or something like that. Can you remember that? Yep, story it was a
1: genetically genetically engineered Klebsiella planticola that the parent. Klebsiella planticula uh, fixes nitrogen. Uh, You got to have a plant, but you got to have a plant and the bacteria to do that job. You have to have the right conditions. Um, And what they did was um, took, I don't remember right now, it's been a while since I've even thought about that factor. (laughs) Um, We showed where the genetically engineered um, plant was severely dangerous. Um, my graduate student that was actually doing the work, um, he, he, all of his genetically um, engineered plants, uh, all of the organisms in there that you know had been affected by the um, by the addition of that bacterium, mm. killed the bacteria, killed the plants, killed whatever you want to talk about. it was the most sterile soil I've seen in a long yeah. time. And that's what we would be doing if, if that had been released, you can't get a genetically engineered microorganism or organism back in the bag. You're, you know, once you open um, Pandora's box, you're, it's yours. You're going to have to figure out how to deal with it. And when it was so clearly um, killing the plants in the system, it was just a It was a little scary, especially as you get pushed back. Yeah. It's still out there, too. You know, it's not like the EPA has thrown it away completely. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay. So the. uh,
0: I wish you didn't ask now. You know, as if things ain't scary (laughs) enough right now, there's (laughs) there's also soil killing bacteria out there, everybody. Yep.
1: Yep. And your plant can't manage to have good yields and maintain disease suppression and build structure in the soil. And all of the 12 things we've marked out already, um, you know, and, and and we're just at the beginning of understanding this whole system and mm-hmm. uh, how Mother Nature has been working for the last 4.5 billion years mm-hmm. to perfect the bacteria. And now it's been working for 3.5 billion years to, to, um, deal with, uh, getting the fungi doing exactly what mother nature wants them to do. Wow. So, you know, she's put together this amazing complexity that mm-hmm. works it's so fascinating. very well
0: you know, yeah. on every level. And you know, so much of it, You you have so much knowledge and go so deep into nature and how it all works. It must be so fascinating sometimes, like like Neo in the Matrix. It's <laughs> looking at soil differently from everybody else. Yep,
1: exactly what's going on in there. And mm. um, what do we as human beings want to obtain from those places where we've made sure it's functioning like Mother Nature? And mm. we can do it. We can increase yields. We can increase the amount of nutrients there's. Right now, there's been so many studies done in the last couple of years um, that we are finally understanding that you don't, your plant doesn't get all of its nitrogen from rocks or from organic material or anything else. It's a combination of all of those things. And there's always a contribution from something that is fixing nitrogen pumping that nitrogen into the soil as something a plant can use. The plant's taking it up, and maybe it's being helped by the predators and the prey that are in there releasing more of those nutrients right next to the zone of the root, right Mm -hmm. at the the root surface. And so you don't have to go to one rock in the middle of your um, field and say, well, Um, The microorganisms only um, chew away with their acids and their strong chemicals and release X amount on an annual basis. Uh, But you can't grow a plant on that amount of of nitrogen. And it's sort of like, so you forgot all about the organic matter that's in that (laughs) soil? Forgot about it completely, didn't you? Well, it's not really doing anything. (laughs) That's what I was told. When I started my PhD work at Colorado State University, my major professor, Dr. Don Klein, um, said, go out and talk to all of the soil chemists that you can, you know, the leaders. So, you know, the head of the um, soils department, the head of crop science, the head of, you know, growing things in greenhouses with um, trays of water and things like that. Um, went around to all of them. And that would have been in 1980. Yeah, it would have been in the late 70s that I was doing my PhD work. <laughs> and um I went around, talked to all of them, t- explained to them that I wanted to understand what were the interactions between all of these organisms in the soil and what happens for the plant. And you know, I I thought it was a pretty cool experiment because mm. we'd finally have some information. And is there a benefit or really is the soil just a place where you uh, put in your pine tree and put the, put the uh, uh, little uh, address and so everybody would know what this particular pine tree was doing? Mm. Um, well, how far beyond that was it? And it was absolutely night and day within that first growing season, where right. you could see the difference in growth rate and, of course, all of the chemical people, the soils people came down and well, you must've accidentally put in <laughs> accidentally put in <laughs> high nitrogen. <laughs> How stupid do you think I am? Um, um,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, and when I talked to them before I started the experiment, what they said was, um, this is a really bad idea to do this work because we all know that these organisms don't do anything. Wow, so growth. ignorant,
0: you know, you still want to look deeper into those things, though. You know, if you, even if you think you know what it is, you still want to look deeper and understand the process more. It feels ignorant for them to say something like that.
1: Yeah. And it's, you, I still go to um, places where uh, I get up on the stage and somebody says, well, you haven't proved that all of the nitrogen comes from what's going on in the soil. Wow! And it's like, yes, I think we have done that.
0: But like hecklers um, at your live show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. People so like have no respect nowadays. That's shocking. man. <laughs>
1: well, and, you know, and, and most people will come up to me afterwards and say, "Yeah, you know, the man who was so rude, I'm sorry, you know, please don't take offense from us. But he works for the chemical companies.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Some he chill. was probably
1: told he had to go down and he had to make trouble. Um, And he had to try to prevent people from completely moving away from inorganic fertilizers and pesticides and toxic things that are just unbelievable.
0: Mm. Do you you think that things are changing now? Like uh, back then you had the the chemical companies uh, trying to make people use these instead. But do you think that like the zeitgeist of the people is changing now? So they are more inclined to be organic growers, the more conscious of using chemicals versus organics
1: yep we've uh, made real inroads i think in the small farmer intermediate size farmer um that layer but when you go to higher um higher number of acreage there are no real you know there's nobody at the head who is really a farmer they don't really care about right. how good the product is that they've produced. They just have met the quota. The mm-hmm. they've got enough carrots pushed into this um, container, and off it goes. And uh, you know we just because we've had this attitude that um, the only way you can get that much nitrogen, phosphorus, sulfur, magnesium, calcium, whatever, into the plant is to kind of pour it down their their gullets. And hope that they don't ch- choke to death.
0: It's madness, That's, isn't
1: it? <laughs> it is. It is crazy. How
0: did it ever come to that, man? It's crazy. Because yeah. you have like vast, um, like the Amazon jungle and the rainforest. And it's like nobody's pouring any nutrients into any of that. And it does absolutely fine. Nature does it best, I, I think, anyway. But I'm not a scientist. You, you would know. <laughs> going on there is she, is she there hello she's frozen oh no it's my internet she yet yeah. a little longer than a few minutes later
1: there he is hello hello, hello.
0: <laughs> i'm so sorry that's embarrassing that's never happened before why we was live <laughs> that's shocking it's so unprofessional i feel so bad (laughs) sorry doctor sorry
1: well it wasn't you did you hit the wrong button or something
0: no just the internet went down the whole house i went downstairs checked on the boy and he's like yeah yeah my roblox closed down it's like okay so uh, so don't panic it'll be back on in a minute just wait (laughs) thanks for joining us again well
1: i was like okay what did i do you know because yeah. i are, already have that that uh, fear of
0: yeah that's what i was. scared of well. it's like the, the typical interview to close down on you know <laughs> it's kind of freak out the guests oh, oh my god okay. anyway, so, Yeah, we were talking about how nutrients were packed into the soil and uh, i was i was saying when i got cut cut off about um how there's forests out there that like grow all by themselves with no extra nutrients added, no chemical fertilizers, and they're the healthiest plants you'll ever see.
1: And it's like the old growth forests in Southern California or in certain places around the world. You know, they've been there for something like 2,000 to 3,000 years Mm -hmm. with no help from human beings and probably um, harmed by human beings in many cases. And yet they withstood the, um, cata- catastrophe and went on about their lives. So, yeah, it well, it's like we're trying to kill ourselves. We're trying to make certain that humanity is off the off the charts. And, you know, it was like after Mother Nature wiped out all the dinosaurs, what did she do? She didn't just sit around and tweedle-dum and tweedle-dee and, oh, my, that didn't work very well, did it? She you know, went a whole different direction down mm-hmm. that um, pathway. So it's our choice to fix things in the atmosphere and and fix them with enough time to really be able to fix them before catastrophe happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you, gosh, it's only a couple of, um, you know, degrees centigrade. If we get too high, we're going to go over um, uh, you're never going to come back in the same mode or you get too cold and you know, same problem. So yeah. we're living in this wonderful paradise and we can't even open our eyes to that.
0: Yeah, So it's there, such a fine balance. Yeah. Any change in the ecosystem can just have massive implications on the smallest thing we we're not even aware of.
1: Yep. And that's why I thought it was so important to be looking at soil organisms, they, they can't be just sitting down there doing nothing. Hmm. Nature doesn't allow that. If you're sitting there by a blob, you're just gonna, as active as a blob, um, you're just not going to be there after the next uh, reproductive cycle. That's all there is too. So if we want to stay here as human species we have to change our ways. Mm-hmm. And it means exiting all of those companies that push chemicals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I I get things coming in from lots of different places. And here's someone asking me if I wouldn't like to um, uh, be at this conference where they were looking at all of the positive ways that they're trying to use genetically engineered organisms.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just like, I think you're talking to the wrong person here.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, n- now just a quick sure. word from my sponsor, Advanced Nutrients, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or like selling people something that only has four bacteria in solution and saying mm. that this will solve everything. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like... Maybe the ecosystem that you isolated those bacteria, maybe it works really well in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. But if you take it to San Francisco, if you try to grow plants using it elsewhere, it's going to be a complete and total failure. And the big chemical company will make it look like it was the grower's own fault. They didn't Mm -hmm. do this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. And so I always, you know, Uh, Farmers, beware. Growers, beware. Um, They've got um, all kinds of answers to all kinds of questions, but you might want to come and talk to somebody in the organic world. And and I don't care whether you're talking um, organic um, scientists or whether you're talking, um, you know, what are the bio... I'm not going to remember the whole name, sorry. Or... Yeah, this is what happened when I get, when I get a little bit nervous, I can't remember nouns, which people keep telling me that that's a sign of you're getting (laughs) old. I do things
0: like that all the time, but maybe (laughs) I'm getting old too, shit. (laughs) Oh
1: no. And I was the one delegated to bring you that knowledge. (laughs) What fun. So biodynamics, Um, same thing there. They're not using quite the same system, but their most important things that they're doing is to not kill the microorganisms in the soil. And they keep going, they learn that, well, if we did it with a little less tillage, we get better yields. Well, if we do it with a little less uh, inorganic fertilizers, we do a lot better. We don't have to be. And they slowly but surely are moving in the direction of getting all your organisms back into the soil. Mm -hmm. You know, the permaculturalists, same sort of thing. They've got a wonderful system marked out of all the different climates, except they kind of forgot most of the things down in the soil, like mm. soil doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: Um, it's probably an equal need for what's going on down in the soil as we have above ground and just yeah. because we don't see the things cranking around and the nutrient cycling and the you know, wars that are being fought mm-hmm. on who owns this route. Yeah. um <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> and the, the predators the diseases are going oh no we're taking it from you so yeah, go, it's, it's I, such
0: a complex system we can't even begin to understand how deep it actually goes it is it's crazy to think how nature is in soil like that and you get to see these things up close with the like say 400 microscope 400x mm-hmm. zooming in seeing what the bacteria looks like and stuff that's so cool
1: well, it's like when I talk to forest um, people here at um, Oregon State University, where I, I was a professor for a little over 15 years, I guess, um, that, you know, going out and talking to them and saying, you know, you you, you have to stop tilling. You've got to, when you come out here and you log uh, an, an area, the first thing you should be doing is to take all of that woody, chunky stuff that you are just leaving on the ground now, which makes it look like a moonscape. Um, chop it all up and put it back out on the dirt that you've most so kindly made and the, the compaction and everything else and uh, get that biology working for you again. But they just laugh. I'm not your crazy lady, you don't know. Whoa. Yes, I do. And then it, it surprised me when I came here and That was the attitude about, um, microorganisms in the soil. The root systems of trees only go down maybe, you know, half a meter, you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, two feet, just about. And, uh, that's all the deeper they go. No, no, that's just mother nature sending you a message, trying to say, you can't keep these trees alive if that's all of the soil that you're going to leave for them to convert into above ground biomass. And if the roots can't go deep the way they're supposed to, they're going to die, those plants. And then, you know, we come in and we put something else there because well, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. the right climate. It's not the right chemicals. It's not the right toxics going in here. Whereas if you just let the, the trees fix the problem of compaction yeah, and get infiltration moving so it's moving downwards. The roots of your plants will grow then through those m- properly um, aerated soils. Oxygen, water, air, the root system can move down through. And on the healthiest of the um, old growth in Northern California, the, you know, the Trees that uh, live for 2000 years, Mm -hmm. 2500 years, things like that. Um, Their root systems go down 200 to 400 feet. Wow. And it's just because we are, you know, human beings, we're out there driving our trucks across the um, ground where the trees are trying to obtain their water and their nutrients and get those bacteria and fungi working and the protozoa and the nematodes, the microarthropods, the earthworms, all of those things working together that make a really healthy soil, which means you will have healthy plants, which means you will have have healthy human beings.
0: Hmm. So So. would you recommend this to anybody who is uh, starting to grow their own you know anything at home to to use natural homemade soil then you the own your own local compost and things like that
1: yep i of course you want to go that direction because the other way lies the end of the line um mm. it may take a few years to get there <laughs> it may not get it may not be uh all that long a time but mm-hmm. um you we have to start moving in the right direction. Yeah. And, you start you know, moving there
0: before we're forced into moving there.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and as you know, the death march, as they walk along the road towards what's at the end of the road, just more of the same. Mm. So where are we all going? And I sure don't want to be around for that. Mm. Um, yeah. So we've got to figure it out now and you don't need those inorganic fertilizers. You need to have, bacteria, the fungi um, who are eaten by the protozoa and the nematodes and releasing some of the nutrients. So a different set of bacteria, different set of fungi, protozoa, nematodes, and you've got a different set of micro uh, of the nutrients that are required by the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the plant is putting out all kinds of exor- exudates into the soil, so those are just sugars and proteins and various simple structure, or much more um, difficult, you know, more complex to something that's just my gosh, um, it's crazy. We haven't even gotten done um, the uh, describing what those that, those materials actually look like. What's mm-hmm. actually um, going to come when you? Uh, put a bunch of enzymes on it and convert it into the starting material.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, interesting things going on in that um, that that one group of people is working on the above ground part of the plant, doing these sorts of positive things for um, the biology in the soil, and then the other half is working on what's going on in the soil to make the foliage and and fruit and whatever you want to eat human beings um you know it's just it's fascinating how the two mm-hmm. things interact and work together
0: it is indeed it's, it's just, there's
1: so it's, much left to yeah, know
0: just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, are there are a lot of studies being done still on the uh, on how soil works and what's involved with the bacteria and the fungi and all of that
1: yep, yep absolutely because we were so wrong in the way we were treating as if they weren't important that as if they had no place in um you know moving forward and helping mother nature do what mother nature was trying to do um Mm -hmm. if if we don't pay attention we're going to get a big slap um what does mother nature need us for
0: that's it and uh, george carlin said it best it's Like everybody's talking about save the planet and save the whale. And realistically, if the planet doesn't want us here, it's going to shake us off like case of the bad fleas. And Mm -hmm. It's also we have to save. If we want to stay around and enjoy the earth for what it is, then we need to start fixing things before it's irreversible.
1: We can't use soluble inorganic chemicals because Mm. they aren't ever held in the soil. Um, for a very long period of time, Um, especially those materials will kill the biology in the soil. And now who's there to hold on to the nutrients? And they flush right through. And so they start destroying the soil that's downhill from you. When it gets to the river or the lake or the stream or the ocean, that's just ever concentrating those toxic chemicals and killing the things that are there. you know, you almost have to cry when they talk about another um, a t- group of this or that or the other type animal has mm-hmm. kicked the bucket. They're gone; yeah. it's gone. You, there is no source of that um, nucleic acid, the DNA. It's it's not there. So, if we're not careful, we won't have whales. We won't have sea lions. We won't have dolphins and and because it's uh human beings don't live in the ocean so we don't pay attention as much as we do on things that are in um, terrestrial systems
0: yeah so but we are
1: moving forward we are beginning to know things and understand that nutrient cycling that's going on um Just last week, there was um, a publication of here are the concentrations of all of the nutrients inside um, the soil, and here's the amount that goes to the leaves and the, you know, whatever you want to, whichever part. And you realize that every second of every day, the nutrients are being cycled. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the plant puts out the exudates that grows the bacterium fungi, telling the bacterium fungi to go and make enzymes that will pull the nutrients out of the sand, the silt, the clay, the not soluble part of the soil. Um, And so those nutrients go into the bacterium fungi who return to the root system because they want some more food. And -hmm. the plant kind (laughs) of says, uh, well, there's these other guys here in the catena for you and they need to eat you. And <laughs> so they get eaten and they release the nutrients in precisely the form the plant requires. Wow. And so the plant puts out the next set of foods to uh, allow those bacteria that didn't get eaten to go through the process. And so when you start counting the, um this, uh, you know This plant needs 100 n- nitrogen molecules in order to be, have a good crop. I'm just making up numbers here, mm-hmm. um, making it easier, I hope. <laughs> um, and where did all those 100 units come from? And soil scientists have always turned and said, well, um, it's got to be from the sand, the silt, the clay, and that's, and that's where that's coming from. Well, and you mm. can't reach that, you can't reach a hundred, um, when you're relying on, you know, one, one hundredth of what nature can do in order to make certain that those nutrients are available for your plant. Mm. We've got to put that into the mo- models that are being made. They've been ignoring that forever wow. and, uh, about time to pay attention.
0: Yeah. Do you get to be involved in a lot of these studies yourself? Do you uh, have any influence on them?
1: I have influence on um, what the purpose of the research should be, what's Hmm. next. But because I own um, two um, laboratories, um, people and I interact with people all over the world, I would much rather do that Hmm. than sit in constant conferences and try to deal with uh, people who have been paid to be obstructive and not hear and not listen. I just, I don't do well under those circumstances. It must
0: be frustrating with something as important as this.
1: Yeah, we, it's important that we have people who can tolerate this and, you know, they can deal with the, um, political scenery. Uh, it's just not something. Well, I'm 71 years old. I don't have to put up with that kind of mm. <laughs> idiocy anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, when when I get get hold of uh, representatives from big chemical companies, it's not too long until I can kind of whip them into the corner and make them shut up. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um. <laughs> uh, I'll beep
0: it all. It'll just beep, beep.
1: <laughs> At least I didn't use any four letter words.
0: <laughs> uh, you feel free to say whatever you like here. That's how we roll. Great. So you've been involved in this side of the science for a long time as well. You, have you come across many of these politicians or uh, lobbyists? who tried to shut you down and, and, and keep people using chemical fertilizers, especially on a, on a bigger scale as well for farmers rather than just home growers. Yeah. they're still it's a, trying to push chemicals for all of that.
1: And they don't care that they're killing people that they're um, giving um, the farmers um, all kinds of cancers that their children have cancer, their wives, their uh, animals on the farm yeah, because yeah. it's not healthy for them. And then when they do start to understand and do start to change their ways, then they are set upon by the mm-hmm. the chemical guys. And it's like the people at the, your co-op may be recommending that, uh, the, that all of their growers use this kind of inorganic fertilizer because the co-op is getting a kickback.
0: Yeah,
1: And. They may kind of stand themselves up as being, you know, um, doesn't really matter. We're just doing the best for our growers. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, money.
0: Yeah, I heard one story about a farmer, his wife and their dog. Uh, I think they contracted Hodgkin's lymphoma like all at the same time. And it was because of one of the chemicals they were using on the crops, which they were told to use. It's just madness and that's ones we know about i'm sure there's many other cases that have been similar to that you know and what's that story about the is it roundup or one Mm -hmm. of those kind of weed killers where uh, before they used to have to wear suits with a certain pesticide I can't even remember the whole story. It's just, it's terrible. Because <laughs> so, you know, the, there was some sp- some specifics to it. I can't quite remember what it was. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, because, there's
1: There's been so many of that. Oh, um, they
0: genetically modified the plant so it would was immune to a particular kind of bacteria. And they used to be able to, uh, they used to have to send individuals just to spray the weeds, to kill the weeds but then they made the wheat immune to this particular uh, pesticide. And then they could just fly planes over the whole field rather than having individuals go spray things. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: And that was a, is that glyphosate? Is that what I'm thinking? I think that's Mm
1: -hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. There are some variants on that, but you know, um, there's been so many examples on it with Mm -hmm. so many different kinds of toxic chemicals of various sorts, uh, you know, you you get tired of having to, you know, go through those data, make people try to listen. Mm -hmm. And especially um, with politicians, scientists, uh, we, you know, we want to explain the mechanisms. We want to make people understand just exactly how this is causing this terrible problem. Yeah, you mm-hmm. solved one little tiny fire, and now you've got a wildfire taking you out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you are killing those very organisms that would otherwise prevent weeds from being a problem. They they are killing those organisms that will um, would have attacked the diseases in the pests and yeah, the whole list. There's mm-hmm. you know structure where. Um, if you have good structure, you don't have to water in the um, in a droughty uh, summertime because there's enough water stored mm. it deeper in the soil profile that the plant can get to, and it does just fine. Those uh, everything there will be reloaded when the snow melts. Mm. Well, I don't know. We may not have snow in the same places. Um, mm. You know, we may. We may we may be seeing the desert in, in uh, Arizona and New Mexico and Mexico um, come northward, and then think of all of the places where we grow so much of our food, not enough water, even if you have good structure in your soil. So scary. Yeah, it's the one ifs, and we just you know we have to get people working together and um and that i think is kind of the thing i'm working on now is to say okay uh, all of these different groups that have slightly different ways of getting the microorganisms back into the soil great keep working on it because it may be the thing that work is only working in philadelphia because the uh, the client's change or the climate has changed you've got a um, do some more research, but we can go out and at least get things fixed and start mm-hmm. working together instead yeah. of, oh, it's like the political scene with the Democrats and the Republicans are, how childish can mm-hmm. you get?
0: But you're with politicians, yeah, because you've mentioned them a few times, do you often go to lobby then? I mean, do you have to go to the state capital or something to do something like that?
1: Um, I have um, students and and some of the people that um, work for me in the in the labs. They are adamant about making a change, and mm. and so I feel like I'm providing them the financial um, choice to to go and let their voices be heard. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I I talk enough at um, scientific meetings. Um, Mm -hmm. and I still, I want to do the work that needs to be done to really, um, make people see. So we have crews around the world where they're invited to come in and, um, you know, we walk around with the grower and can point out all the diseases or pests. We may not be able to put the name on those pests or, or problems we can talk about. This or that um, is affecting the growth of the plants. It's affecting the water quality. It's a, you know all the all the good and the bad that are going on um, in the world and how to fix them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so after we get done talking about what could be, then we want to sit down at a later date and um, have the grower kind of map out what he thinks, make certain that he can he has the the um people that can help him um mm-hmm. do that change and quite often it's um you know we'll uh, kind of leave um that farm that particular process in the hands of one or two of the um people that work for me awesome so it is it's yeah v- vandana shiva was um and i gave a talk just last week uh and so they've invited me to come to navdanya which is um Vandana's, uh, farm in India. And so I will probably be going out there Mm. and, um, helping them and teach a a new set of students coming through. So Mm. all over the world, we have people, I think the only continent, we don't have anybody that routinely is present there.
0: Let me guess, Antarctica
1: you got it
0: <laughs> i wonder why that is i wonder why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because it's all dropping off into the ocean <laughs> there's mm. not going to be anything left of it in too much longer <laughs> how does that change temperatures and weather oh yeah, oh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So when yep. you when you have these uh, talks with scientists uh what does that look like Are you on stage uh, instructing these people about the dangers of uh, chemical fertilizers and the benefits of using organic fertilizers? Is that what you're essentially doing?
1: I I don't usually get into the um, problem of the inorganic uh, pe- um, fertilizers. I don't, mm. uh, because I figure they already know that. They wouldn't be here in this room listening to me if uh, they didn't have a fairly good idea. Right. But they need to have, and it depends a lot on the the needs of the people at that, um, at that meeting at that and listening to me. If it's a bunch of farmers, they know about the problems with tractors and compaction and all of those things. But what they don't really understand is how do I make certain that I, I, I won't lose everything? because I'll have a bad year. And so we usually work in a small area. It gets larger and it gets larger and it get, gets larger. And mm-hmm. then we get our <laughs> we, we get our employees back <laughs> uh, because now they have people who can, um, that farmer and, and the people on the farm can do the work for themselves. And mm-hmm. we sort of expect that they, they should start working with the people who are upwind of them. Nice. Because they're still suffering um, the uh, effects of the pesticide. Whenever that person mm-hmm. upwind of them, uh, well, and you know, if you're right. going to go after the guy upwind of you, why not to the sides? Yeah. And uh, and then the person down the the hill from them goes, I was wondering why I wasn't having that much um, plant killage in the in the. Yeah, you know, because they were now getting water from their farm that wasn't filled with toxic chemicals. Mm. So it's a benefit to everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, and how do we get that cross, across to everybody as quickly yeah. and easily as possible? And I think it's from seeing the result of using the proper biology, mm-hmm. uh, making certain that, you know, we're not, doing anything stupid <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it's always amazing
0: yeah is it, so these people who work for you the consultants they'll say for example go to a farm that's been growing hydroponically and instruct the growers how to move over to a fully organic system like a no-till right. system
1: yep and you, if you like hydroponics, we can do that without using chemicals or toxic materials. I mean, I remember when I was at uh, Rodale? Um, I was the chief scientist for a couple of years, and um, you know the chemical guys came in and said, "Well, you can't possibly grow anything hydroponically because you don't have enough nitrogen circling in that in the water. You just you can't put it on fast enough." And, uh, we just put a, a, a few wetland plants that can be, com- um, chewed on by the, some of the microorganisms and got the nutrient cycling going and it worked wow. quite well.
0: So you're f- like full organics in a hydroponic system. Yep. Cool.
1: Yep. So you just I, w- I would think to... it was
0: more difficult because you need more of a sterile environment. But it... It's not it's if it... you
1: have the diversity in the microorganisms no, of course, yeah, because. Yeah. Mother Nature has been selecting for these um, microorganisms to be able to protect the root system of the plant, the above ground part of the plant. You just got to mm-hmm. make sure they stay covered all the time. And there isn't any disease-causing organism that can make it through that properly diverse materials um, so you don't have that problem. It's the mm-hmm. same thing when it comes to weeds in um in organic systems, where um, if you make certain that the fungal biomass is higher than what the weeds can tolerate, hmm. you won't have weeds. I oh, would cool, encourage yeah. you strongly to put in um, some cover plants so that your your soil will stay in, sp- in in place, that there'll be food to keep all of the microorganisms happy and functioning and building structure in your soil so you've worked so hard getting that soil back up to a good balance of fungi to bacteria protozoa to nematodes um that um you don't want to lose it just because um no one's ever told you the actual way that this nutrient cycling works.
0: Hmm. So what do you think about these um the the bacteria the microbes that you can get in pouches we have these ones called eco thrive here in the uk and it's pretty much just powdered microbes you add it to the water stir it up and pour it into the soil do you think they're any good
1: they're going to be good for a couple years while your soil is starting down the track to being really good structure right. um but it's not for anything more than that
0: mm. When it's you more like sit a supplement, then
1: yeah, well, it's like you know, you've got a, a kid with a really sensitive stomach or something, and, and you try to feed him food the regular way, and he just spits it back at you. Um, it doesn't do any good. Okay, mm. so we're gonna give him um, some a mixture of food that's not gonna upset their digestive system, and will slowly but surely put back in that diversity of microorganisms. Um, Hopefully, your kids will not be that badly off. Uh, You just, your kids being your um, garden soil or your wheat soil or whatever it is that you're actually growing. Um, Mm. We want to make certain that uh, you've got all of the diversity. So no matter what temperatures, no matter what uh, rainfall, no matter how humid it gets, but you know, no sunshine or all the permutations of what Mother Nature can send us, um, you've got to have the microorganisms that can operate under those conditions and maintain the way the village is structured in your soil so that you don't get all of that washing down the system when you have a really rainy springtime or where you have mm. you know, prolonged drought in the summertime. Um, you've got to have those microorganisms that do their jobs under those conditions. Mm. Well, they've just been hanging around waiting for the right conditions to not be out-competed any longer. And so we want them there in a spore form where um, they will, as soon as things are perfect for them and all of the other good guys have gone, I can't deal with this, guys. I'm going to go to bed. And (laughs) um, so here comes those meant for that specific condition. Mm. And they do all of the work that the other bacteria and fungi, protozoa, et cetera, um, would do. But you've got to go out and find them those organisms if you used any kind of Roundup, any kind of um, problem organism, diseases, pests, problems, those microorganisms that like to shut off all of the airways and passageways so that oxygen cannot diffuse into that pile, Mm. and you will kill your plants. Yeah. If that happens, because all of our terrestrial plants are obligately aerobic. Now, if you go into a a swamp, if you go into a wetlands, kind of a different story there. Those Mm. plants have mechanisms for pumping oxygen down into their root system so that the root system stays aerobic at all times. Wow. What if you lost those? What if, uh, you know, because someone sprayed out DDT or 2,4-D or whatever nasties, um, atrazine and um, what would happen if you sprayed all of that, all of those good organisms would be killed. Mm -hmm. And now you've got to start over again.
0: Wow. So it takes a a long time to... but I would say build a good soil, but to uh, replenish a soil that's been damaged over time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it takes and many years.
1: And that's where the compost comes in. If you mm. make compost the way we're telling you, you will probably be able to resuscitate those soils in one year.
0: All right, that's not Come bad. The it's, next... good, it's good time. Yep. Is
1: the come the next year you do already have those microorganisms in there. And if you learn how to use the microscope, we can show what those show you what those bacteria or fungi or protozoa, etc., what they look like. Mm. Do you have the bad guys or do you have the good guys? Now there's there are times in all of this where we go, I can't tell if that's a good guy bacteria or a good um a bad guy um bacterium. You're going to have to let them grow out and we're going to be smelling the soil. There was a really good way for telling whether your soils have gone ana- anaerobic or not is just, mm. you know, hand into the, into the soil and take a good whiff of the part that was deeper and darker down. Uh, hey, be very. Reminds
0: sus- me. Uh, I was walking my dog the other day and I like to take him to the woods. Like we go for a nice walk through the woods and stuff. And, you know, he's done his thing. And then he was scratching the floor as dogs do, you know, when they kick their back feet and he's kicked up all these leaves and some loose dirt. And I was like, Oh, that smells good. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> How weird is that? <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> somebody was walking past, <laughs> see me, my dog just pooped over there and I'm like, mm, that's it's delicious. getting covered
1: up with yeah. um, some really good exudates coming from the microbial, um, you know, uh, decomposition <laughs> of those bacterium fungi etc i
0: just thought as i said it you, know, you, you look like a freak right now walk away
1: <laughs> well just as long as you don't walk over there and eat some of it that would you know, be just, just drop down on my bland. knees and
0: grab a handful <laughs> and just
1: oh, <laughs> 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 oh stomach me... <laughs> it's
0: terrible but it just smells so good you know good soil like that it's got that earthy freshness to it it's just yep. it's a smell that i think it were as humans just naturally we like that smell you know
1: well really good materials uh will give you the balance that you want for the plants that you do want um mm-hmm. so your dog developed uh, you know left a little bit of a bonus there um mm-hmm. but he made sure that he mixed it into the soil didn't he
0: that's right that's right yeah, it's a good diet as well, so there's going to be some happy bacteria, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: are got to be, so, wee-ha!
0: <laughs> yeah, that one smells like cheese! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. The, oh yeah, I grew organically for a while, but it was difficult, because I used to grow in cocoa. Well, I started off in, in full hydroponics, went over to cocoa, loved cocoa. But I wanted to take a step into the organics, because like you say, it's more sustainable, it's better for the environment, it's more of a, a an environmentally conscious way to grow. But I, I did that for like a year and a half, maybe two years, and it was, it was just difficult to find the right balance between things. And I think that's because the parts were too small, I just wasn't experienced enough, not enough compost in there, things like that. But, yeah uh, yeah right now I've gone back to the cocoa, but I, I would love to go back to the organics and do it properly again because it just feels like the natural way to do things and as close as you can get to nature as possible is gonna be the best way to go.
1: yep in um, my opinion <laughs> anyway. yes sooner or later, we're it, delivery of the cocoa is going to mm-hmm. yeah, now you, what do you what, what are you gonna make in your soil mixture? Yeah, and so, um, typically, what we're doing is getting people to look around their own farm and take the materials that are, um, you know, a big pile of wood chips, a big pile of uh, hay or something, or uh, uh, nitrogen fixing plants. Um, if you make uh, your own beer, you can use the beer mash as a source of high nitrogen. Yeah. So, all of those. Mm-hmm. You know how much of each we give you. General outlines of you know it should be ten uh, percent high nitrogen plant material. It should be thirty percent green, um, you know green grasses, green plants. You know we're after the sap inside, as well as the balance of good healthy uh, stems and things. Mm-hmm. And then you wanted about sixty percent woody, but you gotta right. chop it. You you gotta what's the word? wordred the the um, wood chips, so that they're probably no longer than about, well, let's see, can I do this five centimeters for um, the um, the rest of the world? Um, it's about um,
0: let's see two inches. Two in yeah,
1: about two inches. Um, when and it, you know that's length. the roundness we want is about one inch um, around. Because then you've gotten enough surface over though that woody material that the microorganisms that are particularly meant to um, decompose that material will have a good enough chance. So that come you know uh, six weeks, sorry, six months, um, a year. You might well you, you can do it in six weeks if you're mm-hmm. right on top of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of your choice. You've you've got to work it out. make this really good compost that's got the mixture of everything we need, Um, just before the the the, um, compost finishes, you want to go in and stick your hand in. Well, all during the composting process, stick your hand in there and smell it as it comes out so you know if you've got to turn it or not. Otherwise, turning is based on uh, the temperature because you have to get the temperature above 131 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, which is uh, 55 degrees Celsius. It's um, warm. Yeah, it's toasty. It, mm-hmm. you, uh, you stick your hand in there and you go, okay, okay, pull it out, um, give what it a do you smell. Say by the
0: smell as well, what are you looking for with the smell to tell whether it needs to be turned or not?
1: Yeah, is those anaerobic materials, anything that stinks is not something you want in your in your compost it's going to be detrimental to the organisms because remember we want an aerobic climate uh around your so if um, it smells
0: bad like rotten eggs or Mm -hmm. cheesy then uh then you need to turn it
1: right and get the oxygen back into the system so you know we go through this process so you do it right Um, And usually there it takes about 21 days to finish the compost. You're then probably going to put it in a place where um, it'll have another week or two kind of uh, getting all all the last little its and bits into the life of the compost pile. And then you can start using it. We want you to also take um, some of that sample and go back to your wherever you've got your lab, and look at what's um, in that um, in that compost. Mm-hmm. We want a minimum of a uh, hundred and thirty-five micrograms of bacteria, a minimum of hundred thirty-five um grams of biomass of your How would you fungi. tell
0: that? How would you tell how much bacteria is compared to other stuff. That's We will teach
1: that to you because uh, usually when I start explaining uh, the comparisons that we do and the way we measure these things, everybody's eyes just kind of glaze over. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, a bit complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit complex. And it's like, do I really have stuff like that? Where would it be? And, you know, mm-hmm. they get, and it's just, um, yeah, it's much easier if you, if we uh, demonstrate it to you And then you come and take a course that is, okay, now let's talk about all the ways we can change this, that, or the other thing so that we can use it in the compost pile and have uh, really good compost piles finished in 21 days, 28 days, something like that.
0: Mm -hmm. When that compost is done, how would you incorporate that into your soil? Because, you know, when people build their own soil, they have their compost. Usually people would use around thirty percent peat moss. But there's uh not many people are using peat moss and they're trying to phase it out of using it in soils because it's uh non renewable or something. So well, what would you say re- to do that? It's
1: renewable Sorry. over the course of several thousand years.
0: <laughs> right. So yeah, we should be able to use it then, right?
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Mother Nature get to work here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to use anything that is not sustainable. So, uh, when you look at your compost pile, I've just given you um, a a really good um, mixture. Uh, And you have to now go out to your soil that, you know, is it really even sort of soil or is it really dirt? Um, You're going to take a sample of that material and look at it using the microscope. And that's going to tell you what you're going to do out in the real world. So let's say uh, you looked at uh, the soil sample and there were really good levels of bacteria. You know, it was 135 micrograms um, per gram of soil for the bacteria and fungi. You want 10,000, cili- um, sorry, uh, flagellates and amoebae in uh, the per gram of soil. And you want something you have to around. count them
0: like them. <laughs> you you usually dilute them
1: you 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 know when you look at your compost, typically it's just like it's aggregates everywhere. I can't see if there's anybody home. oh my gosh, wow. what am I gonna do so let go back to your sample um do you want a uh, one a one to ten dilution now instead of a one to one uh and and so put a drop of that on your microscope and you go that's still too thick. Go back, do a little bit more dilution until you get the dilution pretty much right, where well, you can see all the critters running around. Wow. Um, and what we, you know, we, we know that if we're using a four hundred x magnification, um, that you will be seeing this particular concentrations numbers of uh, the bacteria, the length of the hyphae, and we measure all of those things. We count the protozoa, we count the nematodes, you know, looking at mouth parts or all the different structures. and so we teach you um what this is that you're looking at and you know you uh, I keep thinking that I've uh, I must have run out of all of the um things at that, that that are uh, present that would be new and mm-hmm. ha ha ha. Um, never so (laughs) it was probably only like six weeks ago where a student said, I don't know what this is. What is this? This and I came over and I went, looked at it like, uh, I don't think I've seen anything like this either. So we, we have a little (laughs) celebration, you know, mother nature's still out there doing, and then we go and work with, um, some of our, um, experts, um, what it actually is, and that was an Inca trade.
0: All right, all right.
1: Yep. So we we could figure it out, and so I've got that well entrenched in my brain now. Um, how to deal with uh, what an Inca trade should, um, and this was a, a an odd shape for an Inca trade. They're usually they look like people people who have a, uh, 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 gosh, I'm spacing the name. <laughs> uh yeah well so just leave it at I it, it was a new new kind of look to it and so it was kind of fun to talk to all of the students about you see where the hula hoop there we go right. the hula hoop here and that and then there's another hula hoop uh, uh you know like a um 100 micrometers down the road or along the body and another one and another one and um are uh, incotreids good for anything yes they eat bacteria they're very good at eating bacteria, which means they are releasing nutrients into the soil for the plant to take up. Yay. Wow. Yep. And so That's we try to crazy. teach you teach you everything. Why do these organisms do that? Why does this organism do this other thing? Why, 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 why? Because it bothers me no end when we just say, well, it," you know, it just, there you go. That's how it is.
0: Yeah. You, you have to look deeper. You know, mm-hmm. there's always more answers. You always have to keep digging for more.
1: Because yep. something might be a really good microorganism for, you know, some grasses, mm-hmm. but those are early successional grasses. Those are the grasses we don't want. So if we can get rid of that bacterium um, and we um, you know, get the nutrient cycling the way we want, how would you do that? Well, we want to convert things so they're more fungal. And that means those you know, interactions with the early successional plant material is not going to be selected for when you put in more fungi as compared to bacteria still may have the same predators in the system, but that race, that change, um, well, it means that you don't have to go out and deal with weeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. right Can now- Can
0: tell from looking at these, uh, you know, all these different microbes, Uh, can you tell by looking at them uh, like for with mammals for example you can tell if a mammal is a predator because they've got sharp teeth with the pointed ears and things like that so that would be a bad thing and then things that are less harmful seem to be rounder ears big eyes fluffy is is there is there something like (laughs) yeah yeah Is, is something in comparison to bacteria like that you can tell which ones are good and bad because the bad bacteria got sharp teeth and red eyes you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there are usually significant um differences in the way they move so uh bacteria when you're dealing with any of the spirochetes or um you know related um species uh you immediately can pick those out of a diluted set of um soil mm-hmm. samples there they are and they're spinning just like little um rods going through the soil and that's so distinctive that you know that's a not so wonderful bacterium and -hmm. if you've got too many of them in your compost you're going to have a lot of failures growing your plant because that bacterium will um, select for anaerobic conditions and they'll use the exudates Mm -hmm. coming out of the plant in order to shut off the movement of oxygen through that soil.
0: Wow. So then they make it even more anaerobic at that point then. So yep. they can produce even more. So I suppose yep. the best thing to do there would be to introduce more bacteria that's aerobic and just mix up the soil a bit to get more air into it.
1: I don't like to mix soil too much mm. because mm. when you, when you uh, um, mix and kind of break things up, um, you're killing the fungi. You're slicing yeah. and dicing and crushing and removing the fungal biomass from that soil, same with the beneficial nematodes and a lot of the good guy protozoa. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to be using disturbance like that. It's a if you really want to go backwards in succession, disturb that system, you know you get rid of some of the really uh, high level. Uh, bacteria and fungi. So you completely change what is going on in that soil. Um, you're back to the early successionally grasses. Um, and so you can really control that what's going to grow in your soil based on what's that ratio of fungi to bacteria, protozoa to nematodes. Mm. And uh, wow. we're always asking growers, Please go out and take a sample and look at what's there. So you know you, he comes in and you know calls you the next day and he and he says, millions and millions of organisms <laughs> in here it was just amazing. Oh great, what organisms were you seeing? Bacteria, they're just gazillions and billions. And it's like oh yeah yeah yeah. You were not listening during during my talk, were you? Try again. (laughs) (laughs) And go through an an explanation with them that, uh, no, just bacteria all alone is, Mother Nature is trying to tell you that you have like zero time Mm. before the disease is going to take you out. If you've got compost made, extract those organisms from that compost right now and go apply it to Mm. the soil. So you're right around the drip line of your plant and you make sure that it just starts to puddle a little little bit and slowly infiltrates. And you've probably got a pretty good inoculum of those organisms. Mm. So now everything will turn around and it'll start going the direction that you want. So there's all kinds of clues that you use to be able to um, continue with the same program. Or, you know, like in the sun, in the springtime, you come in and you look at your, um, the organisms and man, it's fungi. That's the only thing that's left in that soil. Mm. And, uh, don't jump to conclusions there because the fungus has probably been lying around even in the deepest depth of winter, as long as there's an insulation layer of snow or leaves um, on that um, soil. um, It will um, start moving, start growing and just become a massive um, amount of fungal hyphae growing in that system oh no i've got too much fungal biomass well wait a minute this is early spring it really hasn't had the chance for anything to get up and get going other than those fungi so let's wait another four days and let's take a look and you go back in and you start brushing the top material, you know, the snow is all melted. It's gone through the system. And you push those seeds or the compost that you would put down on top without disturbing the soil itself. And the, the fungi are practically all gone.
0: Right. So it would depend on the temperature of the soil or the time of year, depending on the fungi bacterial mix as well.
1: It, yeah, it depends on, well, but. It, it, you know, there, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, some you, you gotta keep <laughs> going before you come to a conclusion on this one, yeah. because mm-hmm. the the what's causing the disappearance of those fungal hyphae are all the cute little critters that eat fungi, right? And so the flying squirrels or the this kind of wildlife, that kind of wildlife, some of the most beautiful um, birds you want to talk about. Um, depending on where you are in a temperature system. Mm -hmm. So pretty soon the fungi have been eaten down to um, as low as it's going to go. And so everybody switches to something else and the fungi come back. You can see how complex the system is. And when you're trying to explain to somebody what is the right thing to do, to solve your problem of you've got weeds everywhere. Well, mm-hmm. you don't have enough fungi, so let's get out there with some fungal application. But mm-hmm. I'm, st- again, going to take my sprayer and spray the compost tea. And I probably would do the above ground part of the plant at that point, as well as the area uh, that's um, um, from the where the stem comes up to where you're in the drip line. I all would right. go just outside the drip line and make sure you got a good coverage with the right organisms mm. because within a week, you can see all of that. It changes in front of your eyes almost.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And people put antifungal stuff in their soil sometimes. I that's, know. That's, that's crazy. Or, yeah, this.
1: yeah, any salt that you put down. So mm. think about calcium carbonate. That's soil. That's a um, uh, um, come on. It that's a, a salt. Uh, calcium. I'm thinking of the one that is I'm not gonna think. Come on. Calcium carbonate. Yeah, that's the right one. Is a salt. And um, if you put that into your soil, you're taking water away not only from your own plant, but from all of the org- microorganisms in the soil. Uh, the amount of water you've got in your in your body is critical for the bacteria, fungi, protozoa, and nematodes, and if you put down normal amounts of um, calcium carbonate, uh, you just, you're gonna probably lose your um, your plants as well as all of your, as, as all of your microorganisms because mm-hmm. they can't take all of that water and not have that water. It's given over to trying to dilute the um, calcium salt that was put into the soil. A lot of, um, um, in biodynamics, the person who invented that really, really liked to put inorganic um, salts into the soil before. And that is what caused a lot of his problems, I think, Never, you know, he was dead before I uh, uh, was born. So I know I've never gotten a chance to ask them that question, but <laughs> you got to understand what each of the additions that you're putting into the system, you have to understand what it's doing to all of the different microorganisms.
0: Mm-hmm. Like a domino effect all these different yep. things that can happen.
1: Yep. So That's if great. you're putting in inorganic, um, um salt into your soil you're going to cause a big death scene of your bacteria and your fungi your protozoa maybe even some of your nematodes well when you get a massive dis- disbursement and that you know putting out all of that organic matter what's that going to do to your soil because all those organisms growing On that dead organic material, who's doing that growing? Who's doing the processing? The anaerobes are. Mm -hmm. And so now you've got an anaerobic soil and you are going to have problems with that one for quite some time, unless you realize, oh, we did that. Or the neighbor up the hill put his sheep out and decided to, um, uh, shear them right there. And they use some toxic chemicals around so that the animals, if they got, um, sliced in some way, the animals wouldn't kill the animals. So now you're dealing with something that's got some pretty horrible things in it, Mm. and nobody told you. Mm -hmm. Just happened one morning and they don't think what they're doing to the biology in your soil. When they do some of these crazy things,
0: yeah, it's it's such a complex system. It's fascinating. I, f- I find it uh, way too fascinating. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really interesting. But I was thinking, you know, if you've grown plants with salt-based nutrients, and then you because I, I, let me explain why I'm asking that in the first place. I have a worm farm. I have a couple of worm farms, big big worm farms now, and every time I've I harvest. Uh, cannabis plants or any kind of plants then they go into the worm farm but also uh, sometimes grow mushrooms too and the worms love the mushrooms but this has all gone into the soil and over time it's been dispersed so you know to have a quick look at that soil and what it looks like you know behind the scenes that would be very cool to see what the balance is yep uh, yeah, because yeah. if you've
1: if you've kept things at an, in an aerobic way, you're making certain that there's something for them to eat, mm-hmm. for them, you know, the plant can cycle nutrients. Um, yeah, it's a very effective way to get really good yields. Yeah.
0: Um, and I was and, thinking, does it matter about the, the plants being grown with salt-based nutrients? Is there a difference in the soil then? Do the salts, like, transfer from the plants that's grown from salts made into compost. Is there a difference between plants that have grown organic and made into compost?
1: Well, they, yeah, you, you don't want that salt-based material because right. it's, it's not so much like, um, being given, um, a, a poison. It's going to cause the removal, uh, effective, uh, removal of water. And unless you now start over watering in order to keep up with that demand, Mm -hmm. well, then how do you know when you've uh, reached the capacity and all of that salt is now neutralized and you keep watering too much,
0: right?
1: You, why did you give yourself this headache? When you Mm -hmm. could have been sitting on the, um, you know, rocking chair on your front porch, instead of being out there trying to figure out how much of that material uh, was not yet um, watered enough.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so cool. We've learned so much from this this interview already. I don't know how much longer you want to stay. We can talk for hours, I'm sure. It's i a... <laughs> I definitely
1: can um we do um um a one week well we do a one day um uh, class just to show people how to make compost so they mm-hmm. can get it right and can really understand why we do certain things now yeah. we don't know everything, so um usually often someone will come with an example and we all have to i you wonder know, what happened there um why don't you bring out some of your sample in at lunchtime? And we'll look at it and try to figure out what's going on. Um, So we also have a week-long workshop and we have a two weeks long workshop um, for people who wanna really dig, delve into all of these questions. We have a farm now that we um, are working very closely with the person who owns it, and he's very happy to have us yeah, on the back forty, because we're awesome. taking care of a lot of the problems that he's had in um, production. Yeah, and so, I suppose
0: when it's all set up as well, it's much cheaper to run these organic farms than it is to keep buying fertilizers for salt-based farms.
1: Yep, when you figure you can make your own compost mm-hmm. for almost nothing because it's weight, it's materials from your own farm. And Mm -hmm. then go outside the farm, it's kind of a biodynamic attitude, but go out just outside and get local materials. When you're looking at the compost and you're seeing that there's not much diversity, well then go out and grab tiny little bits of soil from all kinds of different places that are probably in the same balance group Mm -hmm. as the plants you want to grow put them into the pile, get them mixed in, and that will just increase the diversity and you will continue to see benefits of adding more diversity the longer you have that compost and keep re-inoculating the next pile with um, that material.
0: So I suppose just over time, the soil just gets better and better. It, there's no limit to this. You know, With these trees that's been grown for a couple of thousand years, The microbiome underneath those must be crazy. The spice (laughs) melange.
1: You can see why the flying squirrels live there.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: It's just a magnificent place. Um, Yep. So Hmm. what time is it getting to be?
0: It's uh, half past ten here in the UK. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, we probably should get going um, and do this again another time
0: oh you you're always welcome uh, i could pick your brain for hours so whenever you want to <laughs> come and join us again just use that candidly link and just click the link there and just book a slide anytime we're really we uh, love having you on the show and listening to all of your insightful information it's always awesome thank you very much
1: yep so let me just put in a plug for uh, coming to soil food web school for those of you who want training um it's all done virtually at um, the first fun, uh, foundation courses. Uh, and then uh, we have you do, you know, really focus in on the microscope part. So you're doing a really good job of assessing the bacteria, fungi, protozoa, and nematodes. And then we go into, uh, if you are going to become a consultant, mm. then you need to know very well what the compost is. So we want you to make three different piles of compost. Um, And you can do that at your own home, or you can do it on our farm, or, you know, you you can imagine things that people will dream up. Um, You have to uh, then apply that compost to the soil. um, And that means you've got to look at that soil and decide what kind of compost would be best for your plants and then you go back to your compost pile and do some alterations by adding more fungal food or putting in more bacterial food or something to make that pile of compost exactly what you want for the biology around the root systems of your plants, your, your crops. So we go through all of that so everybody um, feels comfortable. On know, knowing what they need to do and say um, and how to take people through, uh, uh, you know, hand to hand. So we expand the amount of people who are hearing the message and actually doing things mm-hmm. to build, put the the carbon back into the soil. Fungi are the original way that most of that compost, most of that uh, um organic material got converted into the fulvic acids or into humic acids and uh they're better and more effective than any other plant uh, either any other um organism that you've ever run into they are much much uh, faster about sequestering carbon um when you figure that um all of the elevated carbon in the atmosphere is really when you go back to what was done to it like um having world war 1 and world war 2 and vietnam and 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 all of the uh rifles and the powders all that require um some you know the um, nitrogen to be explosive and that's where the elevated CO2 came from as well at the same time. So right. if we stop having wars or, um, you know, they figure out some other way to do all of this, um, we will you be able stop to sequester. wars. How
0: are, how are people going to make billions of dollars without war?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't that just, <laughs> we must put ourselves on the uh, altar of, you know, the, Wars so that people will be able to become. Yeah. Okay. Let's not keep going down that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's it's the majority of people know we can do better and try. But unfortunately, we have those few powerful people at the top who have profit in mind rather than uh, the betterment of humanity. That's just the way it is. Yeah.
1: Or where the only way they're going to be able to get this out under the nose of, the politicians is if they they do the oh look over there
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they, they like doing that
1: oh yeah sneaky
0: mm-hmm. yeah just one more time where can people go for your website
1: um it's www.soilfoodweb.com
0: nice and easy
1: Yes. I, those people who have, and I have addresses this long. I, it's just like, (laughs) do you understand what it is to be 71 years old? (laughs) I have to have to be pointing to the next letter, write it down. Next letter, write it down. I feel like I'm a, you know, (laughs) two-year-old. It's just a big cycle, right? (laughs) That's
0: right. Just use the, just use the speech to text thing now. That's getting pretty good just press the button and that will take you there itself yeah
1: all right hey nice
0: technology all right then i'll let you go then doctor thank you again uh, very much for coming to join us it's been very insightful and i hope we can do it again very soon certainly no problem cool have a good day then doctor i'm waving yep. but you can't see all right <laughs> bye bye <can> <laughs> ciao <laughs> there we go everybody that was dr elaine ingham very very cool lady and it is always a pleasure to have her on the show she is so knowledgeable and she's always good at sharing that knowledge with us as well she puts it across in a nice simple way so i hope you enjoyed this interview make sure you go and check out her website as well just do a search for dr elaine ingham and you'll find her website and her social network so you can follow her there as well because she's on plenty of those too So make sure you go and check out her website. There is lots to learn over there. So definitely check it out if you haven't done that already. But as usual, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this interview and we'll catch you on Friday for the Grow Guides about Grow Guides. Thank you as always for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the show. Stay high, stay safe and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.